What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Can you help? Can you help me? Can you help? Can you help? Can you help me? Can you help? What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Self-Helpless Podcast. I'm Delaney Fisher. And I'm Kelsey Cook. And today we are talking about homeschooling. Um, if you have listened to the show before, if you've tuned in, you know that I was homeschooled for most of my high school experience. And because homeschooling is now really prevalent and yeah. in many ways might become more of the norm going forward, we felt like discussing this topic might be beneficial for anybody who's navigating this newfound homeschool experience, whether you're a parent or a kid or a teen or whatever it might be. Right. So to kick it off, <laughs> we do have a quotable of the show. This, <laughs> this was submitted by Helpster Lauren, and the quote is, the cure for burnout is not self-care. It is all of us caring for each other. Oh, wow. That is a sweet one. That's very sweet. That's by Emily Nagoski. Yeah, that's sweet. I mean, I think ideally it's a little bit of column A and column B, you know, like I think. Right. I think there is, that's a huge point of our podcast is the importance of self-care, <laughs> but absolutely, I do think it is also incredibly important to have a support system, you know? Oh, absolutely. And it's interesting because sometimes your self-care is interacting with somebody else. Like for example, yes. if I'm like, oh, I need some self-care today, I'm going to get a massage. That is somebody else caring for me by doing the work, their work. Right. So it's like yes. interesting how we all do need each other. Um, it yeah. takes a whole team of people <laughs> yeah. to make sure we are, we are well. Yeah. We were talking about it this past year, especially uh, in quarantine that of course we all need time to ourselves. And particularly if you live 
alone, it's, it can be nice to feel connected with yourself. But if you are not able to go have human interaction, it can feel like a plant that is just getting overwatered and the water is alone time. And it's like at yeah. a certain point, it's like you need a little sun or else that plant's going to die. And I think a lot of people felt yeah. pretty, pretty watered down with too much alone time in the past year. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, I, this pandemic has made, I think a lot of people realize, especially me, how much we need other people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's just one really solid interaction with a best friend or family member in the day, it can just balance everything out a little bit. Absolutely. Yes. Break up that time. Yeah. Um, and like you mentioned, Del, we we had a lot of guests on the past year who were either homeschooling their children or like talking about, you know, Michael Bublé was talking oh about. Oh my gosh, yes. Having, everybody was having their kids running around and you yeah. make such a good point that now that might continue to be what happens. It's ha- like how a lot of um, people that used to work office jobs are now permanently just working remotely and from home oh and yes. are never going to go back to an actual office. and. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of parents out there that are like, I can't get my fucking kids out of the house fast enough. Like (laughs) these schools better open their doors because I cannot keep doing this. But yeah, yeah, I mean, how did your, obviously when this, when you were being homeschooled, this was way pre pandemic, but how did, um, how did your mom feel about homeschooling you from a, from a parent point of view? Yeah, well this, so my situation was a bit different than what's happened, you know, recently, I ended up having to be homeschooled because I got really sick. I got really sick. Um, My freshman year of high school, I was going to kind of like a prestigious, more conventional high school. And um, I was getting to school at like seven in the morning and I wasn't getting home till like 11 PM at night. I was getting there early for classes and all that stuff. And then I would go to basketball practice right after school. And then I'd go straight to band practice and I'd be there. And then the drive home. I, so I was definitely, um, working myself, but I didn't want to quit at anything. Um, and so I don't know to this day what happened. It could have been a mix of anxiety. Um, it could have been, I was on Accutane when I was younger too, which that has been traced back to digestive issues and stuff like that. And so I started having some really severe digestive issues, nausea, like blood in my stool. Sorry to get graphic, but my body was really not doing well. And my parents started taking me to different specialists and we were getting different opinions from everybody. You know, one found an overgrowth of candida in my stomach and said it was a, you know, like a bacterial thing um, and that we needed medication for it and I'd be okay. One said, this kid is too stressed and needs to like, you know, drop something. Um, One, you know, person said it could be Accutane. So it was very challenging having such severe symptoms and not knowing the result of what was going on. So I had no choice but to leave school. I didn't want to leave school. Um, And of course, a lot of kids did not want to leave school in this situation, but they left school and then they were doing Zoom classes with everybody. Like everybody was in this situation. I felt like the Uh, weirdo homeschool kid who had to leave 
having issues, right? Well, so, everybody else is continuing to socialize and have a normal life. I'm sure that was such a feeling of FOMO, especially at that age. Yes, exactly. So my parents were very scared. Like it wasn't something they were planning to do. And even though my mom was not like the one teaching me school, it was an independent study program. I was 15 at the time. So I had, you know, a decent amount of agency to like sign into stuff and do my own homework. Um, but I still was like a kid who probably needed supervision if she was going to be homeschooled. So my mom actually left her job, um, and was there for me during that time. Um, while I was basically working independently, I would do my classes online. I would talk, talk to a teacher like once a week if I had questions. And from there, my mom, I believe kind of got some more flexible jobs and stuff so she could be at home with me you know, for the day, but it was definitely not like a positive change. <laughs> you know, it was right. definitely parents were freaking out, not knowing what was going on with me. I didn't know what was going on with me. And th- we all just kind of had to make it work because I physically couldn't go to school. I would get really ill, like in the m- middle of class and stuff. So, and were you still getting sick at home? Things started to improve over time. So okay. I started you know, I saw a bunch of different doctors. I got on like antibiotics, which made me worse for a while. Um, so that was pretty scary, but then my schedule completely changed. I was obviously sadly no longer on my basketball team or doing band practice and stuff. I wasn't on drumline anymore. I wasn't doing all these like fun things, but I was really just doing school and resting and trying to like get better. Um, so that I'm sure you know, that alleviated a lot of stress. Um, and what ended up helping me was my parents found like a holistic practitioner. I, until to this day, I don't even know what his title was. I don't know if it was like acupressure or chiropractor shit. I don't know, but he was a magician and he basically, like he basically worked on my stomach for, uh, maybe an hour, hour and a half. Like he re he basically repositioned my intestines. I don't know how else to explain it, right. but he was like push, pushing on my stomach and said that my, my intestines were so contracted that it was causing so much of the digestive issues. I also got di- diagnosed with IBS at one point. Right. That was one of the different things that came back to us. And so he basically took my contracted you know, intestines and relax them back to where they were kind of supposed to be. And that was the first moment I felt significant release, like relief. When I left that doctor's office, I felt like I was back to normal. I didn't have like the cramping or nausea or, you know, I was floating between diarrhea, constipation, all that stuff. So he did that. And then he also gave me some supplements and he told my mom he wanted me to be on like a more specialized diet and stuff like that to see how that goes. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. 
Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Um, and so funny, looking back, my mom was like, you're going to be on a special diet. And it was dairy-free, meat-free. It was a vegan diet. I didn't realize oh. <laughs> until later. But I remember being like, ew, I don't want to do that shit. Gross. Yeah. Like, this sucks. And of course, now I'm a happy vegan. Right. Um, but that options was- were much more limited back then, though. You know, I mean, yeah, like, it exactly. wasn't as, uh, not as yeah. many great substitutes back then. Exactly. So that's what first started making me feel better. So within six months, I was feeling a lot better. And for the most part, what I thought was back to normal. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how I became homeschooled. Okay. And then and then when I started feeling better, we were thinking like, oh, maybe it's time for me to go back to school. And I started getting so much anxiety that it was going to happen to me all over again and that I was not going to be able to like be in class. You know, I was scared to go back because it was embarrassing. I was having to like leave class a lot, you know what I mean? Because I was getting sick at school. You know, people know that I just like, they just, I disappeared. I disappeared from my school one day and didn't come back. So I was so nervous to like be that girl again. Yeah. And it would be at a different school. And I just like, so I went back to a conventional school, different high school. Yeah. And started not, I started not feeling good. And, um, at at that point, I don't know if it was like almost psychological, like I was doing it to myself or something, you know, because right. How weird is that? Cause that like the initial, what happened to me, it was like very like physical symptoms. Things were not right. Right. Um, and then I don't know if that contributed to a lot of anxiety that I was going to relapse, that maybe that made me relapse, or if I still wasn't completely as better as I thought. Wow. So yeah, had to leave school again. Luckily, I was only at that place for like a month. And I just said, listen, obviously the homeschool thing works for me. Yeah. It, can I just do this? You know, like I was able to keep up with my grades and yeah. I did it for the rest of high school. I did it for sophomore, junior, and senior year of high school. I was did independent study for the rest of the time. Oh my God. I know we've <laughs> we've touched on it a little bit before on the podcast about you being homeschooled, but like yeah, man, to really get into just putting myself in your position and feeling what that must I mean, that is just that's just so much. Yeah. I definitely felt like the weirdo homeschool hippie vegan kid. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. How did I get here? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, it was definitely an adjustment because I had to create a new normal at home. It was like, okay, if we're going to, if this is happening now indefinitely, how do I make this feel normal for me? Yeah. And I'm so lucky to have very supportive parents who like made this work for me. Yeah. And, um, my mom, my mom really helped me kind of socialize. Cause I was like, if I'm just doing school by myself, what 
where do my friends go? You know, like, yes. what now? sports and band and all that. Exactly. So I started taking extracurriculars, which was a requirement through the, the program I was doing anyway. But I remember that's when I started taking art classes again. I took some belly dancing classes. I took pole dancing classes. <laughs> I started taking all these fun, like extracurricular. Just a young stripper. <laughs> Just a young, you know, six, sweet 16. Um, <laughs> but because it was like, hey, you got to take a PE unit. You yeah. get to pick. What is that? Um, yeah. And my mom was working one of her many like flexible jobs while I was being homeschooled was working for the S factor. I don't know if you have heard of that, but it's like a pole dancing class for women. It's like yeah. more of a, it's more of like a workout spiritual class than it Empowering. is like. Yeah. yeah. And so she started working there and she gave me permission to take some classes there and I loved it. But anyway, it was so anyway. fun. Yes. And I met my friends through my first job. I started uh, the Boys and Girls Club was my first job. Uh-huh. At 15, I started as like an intern leader in training, they called it. And then I was hired when I was legally allowed to start getting paid at 16. So that's okay. where I met people my age. I started, I, I, I still was able to go to like the proms and the oh, winter formals yeah. and the parties because luckily people worked there were around my age, which was all very intentionally done by my parents to give me like a social life. (laughs) Yeah. How did you get a date for dances? If you weren't at school, did you just like show up like one day, pop your head in math? Like, Hey, Justin, (laughs) I'm going to go back home for two months, but I'll see you. (laughs) You know, I actually, luckily that getting that first job being, being part of, um, that first, and what's interesting, my mom, I think, because my cousin was working at that, the Boys and Girls Club at this time. So she must have also given my mom some information like, hey, she should start working here because there's tons of people our age. And so I'm so lucky my family like really, you know, pulled through for me because I don't know what else I, how else I would have made friends so quickly. And I met my first boyfriend through one of the parties I was invited to from my first job. So I felt like I, it's so weird because I felt like I had the quote unquote high school experience with all the fun shit. I just wasn't going to conventional school every day with everybody. Yeah. It was really weird. (laughs) I'm so glad you made it work. Yeah. Under those circumstances. And it's yeah. really interesting to hear about um, that you said you're not sure, just a, a holistic doctor who, that you had literal knots in your stomach. Yes. And you massaged them out. I've been seeing a new um, massage therapist recently, and it's so interesting how different massage therapists approach things because she's very, like, um, just really assesses what's going on in your body that day and tries to fix the the things that are the biggest problems. Whereas sometimes if you go into a place that's a little bit more just like, okay, we're just going to give you the full head to toe, rub you down, make you feel good. But she is trying to fix problems. And I didn't even, I don't think I even told her about this going in, but my right shoulder for years and years and years has been significantly lower than my left because in middle school, speaking of school, um, I don't know if this was a thing for you guys, but it was kind of like, like the cool look was to just like have your backpack on one shoulder, like a little more nerdy to like do the full, like, you know, Yep. which of course that's what I did. (laughs) 
Well, you should be. Nobody was there to see it. (laughs) Exactly. That's true. Walking from your bathroom to your bedroom. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I used to only carry my, my backpack on my right shoulder and we were, you know, your small children, your bones are forming and those books should be fucking illegal how heavy those books are. So we yeah. carry, God, what was that? 50 pounds on our shoulder? Probably not, yeah. but you know, a lot, very heavy. And over time, I moved this whole shoulder lower than my left. Oh like my I could stand gosh. in front of the mirror or I would like point it out to friends and be like, oh my God, I've never noticed that. But I mean, inches, inches lower on my right side than my left. I moved the oh, whole shoulder down. so weird. And I just was like, shit, I guess, I guess I'm just deformed now. And like, this is just a thing. Like bras, like this side, like this strap, well, I like always have to tighten this tighter. strap more. And all this, it's just, it has fucked up so many things. I think it's fucked up stuff in my neck and then my jaw. And oh man, this massage therapist, like put her fingers here and then on my back and she fixed it what my shoulders are the same oh height God. now that is wild can you see on the zoom yeah i mean they look symmetrical to me they always have though i didn't i didn't see the oh the this used to be like down here periods. i would i don't think i've ever noticed that i couldn't wow. believe it so anyway that's magical uh, the, the magic of people who are know what they're doing in that way I'm telling you, this experience was so wild. He like took a towel, put it over my stomach, started basically pressure pointing my intestines. Like he, and I could feel my intestines move. Like you could actually feel them like, un, what do you call it? Uncoil almost. And by the, dude, this was, it's just so weird. By the end of it, the towel was so fucking hot. It's like he had pulled it out of the, um, the dryer. It was hot to touch. And he was like, feel it. I'm like, what the fuck? My mom felt it. It was so weird. It's like all this crazy ass energy was, you know, coming right out of my stomach. I don't even know what happened, but it fucking worked. And I felt like I could felt, I felt it. It was very strange. And his seriously, I, this man changed my life. His name is Dr. Tim Barreto. And he was working in Sherman Oaks, California at the time. And seriously, I don't know if he's still practicing, but whatever the fuck he did, (laughs) he made me better. I remember I only relapsed one time within that year and I went back for a checkup. He did a quick adjustment checkup and then I was okay again. Um, And I had a very, very short relapse later in college that I felt, you know, was happening again. And I don't remember if I went back to him or if I start, if I kind of implemented some of the tips that I remember from when I was sick, but it, it was such a, it was such a crazy experience. And I think, you know, uh, I think I've been relatively open about some distrust I have from Western medical doctors, not sure. everybody, of course, I'm not generalizing, but I just, there's been experiences where I've, I've gotten sicker by taking their guidance and yeah. uh, some of the holistic approaches have really worked for me. Yeah. And so that's why I think I try to take a holistic approach before I kind of go into the next step. Sure. Just because of that, the very significant experiences in my past, you know, medical history with that. You like went to a magic show. Like, <laughs> yeah, I did. 
it's like it was like he's like a medicine doctor. I don't know. I don't know if he. I think it's a. I think he does. It's chiropractor slash acupressure. I don't know, but he was absolutely phenomenal. And I remember my parents had gotten a referral from somebody, you know, a trusted referral. And I remember going into the waiting room and I sat right next to, or a couple feet away from Howie Mandel. He was in the same office. Um, oh my God, no way. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting. And then it's so funny, like, you know, full circle, full circle to become a comedian at some point, perform, you know, on a lineup with him, you know, at yeah. some point, just kind of funny, funny, um, you know, moment. But yeah, that's kind of, that's like the health history behind it. And then, you know, finding the new normal was basically how do I provide structure for myself? Yeah. And luckily, you know, my parents were not going to be letting me do homework for all hours of the night and stuff. So it felt relatively normal as far as I would do it. I'd wake up, I'd do it during the day. Yeah. And I had this job I would go to in the afternoon. So that was kind of like my external accountability, like get your homework done. And then there's like, work and social time in the afternoon. And then I was taking like really fun extracurriculars and, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, had to like basically take care of all my own shit at a very young age. Wow. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So you had to, I mean, and I'm sure your parents helped with maintaining some structure as well, but like you essentially could, if you had wanted to just like wake up at whatever time you want, like there's not an overseen principle that's going to expel you if you aren't getting to your desk two feet away from your bed in time. Exactly. Yes, exactly. And I think that's when I really started thinking about things a little bit different. It planted the seed of having some kind of alternative path or lifestyle because yeah. I was, I was watching my friends go to school for what, six, six hours, eight hours, if they were involved in something. And then I was doing my homework and maybe two to three hours going to do my thing. And so I really like, Oh, like they're doing six hours worth of school. I'm doing two hours maybe ish. And we're learning the same stuff at the same rate. And I thought that was like an interesting way to look at time, you know, Um, and I was able to graduate like three months early from high school because I just went at my own pace and my own pace was just, I'm getting my shit done. It's, it was one-on-one with my teacher and I would just do it. And I would, and I didn't really have homework outside of class. Class was my homework. Right. 
So it was a very, it was a really weird experience. It paused, it ended up being so positive. It started, it started off devastating, um, but it became very positive as I figured out what was working for me. Right. Mm -hmm. No wonder you have a podcast about efficiency. (laughs) I know, exactly. (laughs) It really stuck with me as like, as I got older and I started taking on jobs, more like conventional jobs, corporate world, all that stuff. And I would see the way things were being done. And I'm like, this can be so much different. We could do this so much differently, more efficient, less time. And, And I think that made it really hard for me to be in conventional settings because I saw, um, yeah, I saw the result of taking alternative path. And what was scary in the beginning is like, I didn't know what was going to happen after high school. I didn't know if anybody, if I'd get accepted to college, I didn't know what I would do for work. I didn't know basically how credible my experience would be Uh, in a conventional world. You know what I mean? And so there was a lot of uncertainty and towards the end of school, you know, when you're starting apply to colleges, if that's a, a path that you select for yourself, I just remember applying to like 25 places, all most in California, because you I'm like 25 colleges. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my I, God. I applied everywhere. You know why? Because I didn't know if I would get in because I, I felt like the weird homeschool kid. Oh and, um, I think the program also like I think they had just gotten accredited. There was just some uncertainty where like, we don't know what the fuck is up with this. And my, my two schools that I was always kind of interested in were UC Santa Barbara and UC Berkeley. I I wanted to stay in California. And I remember thinking, okay, like, it's okay if I don't get in, you know, I'll, I'll just do something else. Mm -hmm. And I got into both of those schools and I got a scholarship to one of them. And that's when I was like, oh, there's more than one path to get to where you want to be. You know, maybe right. I would have gotten into that that school, those schools, if I had taken the conventional path, and maybe this way too. But right. either way, the result felt similar. Right. Um, so that was that was an unexpected surprise. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Oh my God, that's amazing. We talked in a recent episode about the idea that you don't have to do it perfectly to succeed and to get what you're going for. I just can't believe 25 schools. Oh my God. So many, at least 20. And then I, I, cause I was applying to all the Cal States, all the UCs, some out of state schools and, um, you know, some, some places in between, but I mean, my parents were like, this is a lot, you know, but I was like, I, I was willing to spend the money on all that, or, you know, I wanted to spend the money on all the application fees. Cause I yeah. just, I just didn't know. I didn't know. And I felt like I wasn't good enough to get in because I didn't have mm. like these things that other kids had. They had like AP classes and they were on freaking ASB presidential boards and shit. You know, like I didn't have any of that. I was like, my classmate is my chihuahua. So I don't know (laughs) what kind of credentials are needed. And I, I really, I really kind of went overboard with that. Application on a napkin. People are like, what? (laughs) Who is this? (laughs) Yeah, dude, I was, I was, I, I was, I already felt like the odd kid you know, yeah. in a lot of ways. And so I think I put a lot of pressure on myself, like, 
well, if I get into college, I'll be kind of more quote unquote normal again, if a lot of my friends are doing that. Um, and of course, I think very differently about a lot of this stuff now, the education systems and stuff. But that's how I was feeling as a 17-year-old is yeah. if I can get into school, I'll be I'll be normal again. And this will be this all this will be a thing of the past kind of thing. Right. Um and the did you have to like write an a letter or like a um a paper for submissions and stuff? Do you remember that process? Well, yeah, that's why I'm shocked that you applied to 25. I, I applied to four. And yeah. um I remember the essay process just being so draining and exhausting. Like I, I yeah. made you feel like you had to really want to get into wherever you were applying to so that it felt worth it to take the time to do all that. Yep. I, I remember, I think I remember like being able to write my paper and it, it made sense for all, all the applications though. I so I think say, it was like, I, I did like one piece. The rest was just really annoying paperwork that my parents oh. had to help me tediously fill out. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, but my paper was about being homeschooled. I'm like, what the fuck do I write about that? Like, I don't, other, other kids are probably writing about how they were captain of their basketball team or they were struggling with X, Y, and Z and going to school. And so I just wrote about how devastating it was to have to leave my yeah. friends in a conventional setting and pave a different path for myself. Yeah. And that's a good that way to play the sympathy card. Like, if oh, you I fucks don't milked, let me into your it. school. <laughs> you are bad people. You better let me. Shit. <laughs> you better oh, let I'm me in my not. diarrhea in here, okay? Yeah, listen. Yeah, I, I freaking milked it. I was vulnerable and uh, it worked. <laughs> it worked. So if you're ever uh, considering whether to overshare in your essay, I say go for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So if you were to ever have kids at some point, would you want to homeschool school them? Like, do you think that that is the better choice now? Or would oh, you prefer question. that they go to public schools? Or such schools? a good question. I think um, I would be very open to what was going to be best for them. You know, if they were yeah. really enjoying their time at a you know public school or whatever, and they were having a blast, I'd be like, awesome. And if they were really fucking miserable... I wouldn't say, I probably wouldn't say, well, too bad. Keep going. I would say, well, there might be some, some alternatives. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, and that would just be if my kid was maybe really struggling or something. Yeah. Um, but now I think it will be more normalized. And so, I, yeah, I, it, it could be something that is a little bit more like mainstream, so to speak, where both options yeah. feel kind of, you know neutral or good pros and cons to both maybe um do you have any advice for parents that are currently homeschooling their kids that it really wasn't their choice it was kind of thrust upon them and yeah I I mean I guess it wasn't a choice for your mom really either but uh any any advice for them during a hard time oh man I you know I can't speak from like my parents perspective right but like thank you for everything that you're doing for your kids because like they're going to remember that shit someday, you know? And like you're, you are pivoting shit in your life and stuff. But I would say for me, getting involved in stuff outside of school was pivotal. And of course Mm -hmm. with the pandemic, that makes it very challenging because things were not open for you to do so. So it was like, you know, 
do a Zoom tap class or something yeah. after Zoom school. But um, any kind of socialization or the any kind of normalcy that you can create was yeah. um, was awesome. Like I, I don't think it would have been as pleasant of an experience or the same experience if like that did not happen. Yeah. And my parents didn't prioritize that for me. Thank God they did. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I think that can be a slippery slope into kind of being a hermit really yeah. quickly if you don't have other socializations going on. Yeah. 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 And obviously I was uh, grateful that they, if they, they had the means to do it or they figured out the means to do it. I don't know the situation. I'd actually have to ask them as an adult, like, how did you end up like affording all of that? Yeah. And making that work. And, um, so I recognize I was very, very, very lucky, you know, to have those resources and whatever they made happen happened. Yeah. Is there anything else that you want to share about your experience with it? Um, I would just say, you know, if, if, it works for you here because it's so interesting because I've seen my younger siblings go through homeschool stuff now. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, listen, I did this too. It's so weird that we have this one in common oh, and yeah. neither of us really wanted to do it. Yeah. <laughs> right? None yeah. of us wanted to. But I have three younger siblings. Um, two, it was like two of which are in high school um, and one in college. But seeing them have to, do their own thing, kind of be more in charge of their schedule. Um, My little brother wasn't doing so hot in conventional school as far as grades and some stuff. And um, he, his grades skyrocketed when he started homeschooling. And like, to be honest, who knows if he's like Googling shit and cheating. It's very very (laughs) fun. I see you, Clark. I don't know what you've been up to. Clark. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, I, I see it that it was a rough adjustment and they, how they've made it work and listening to what they feel are the pros and cons too of the experience. So I think it's something, oh, and all of them feel a bit different about like one of my siblings really wants to go back to a conventional setting and one doesn't. So it's interesting to be like, yeah, they, they understand the pros and cons maybe of both things. And one of them feels very strongly on this end of the spectrum and the other on this one. Yeah. So Maybe the advice is that if you, if you're, you know, a teenager or, you know, young adult, whatever it might be, and, or a parent listening to this, if your kid thrives in it, in that setting, maybe there's a way to let them stay in it. And of course, that's not going to be available for everybody. I completely understand, but maybe it will just, um, maybe I'll just enable people to, to look at some alternatives because, everybody's an individual and not everything, you know, the same stuff doesn't work for all of us. So I think it just made me more open in general, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. School of anything is so not a one size fits all. And they've had to just create a system that's what they consider to be efficient, but like, man, yeah. And that episode we did about our experience in school, like the times that you have to be there and like how it doesn't fit with um, that age group's natural sleep uh, schedules usually and all that. It's just, there's so much. Absolutely. And I think another thing that I think this whole, like it all really taught me is 
I really ended up finding the silver lining in the situation. It did not feel that way in the beginning. It felt horrible. Um, but it ended up being like the best experience of my entire life. So I think I learned very early on that when something challenging or sad or scary arises, trust that it's, there's something that's going to come out of it. That's going to change you in some way. And I learned that lesson at 15. So I'm really grateful, even though it didn't feel so good. Um, and it really set me up on a path that I felt like, um, you know, when I went to college, I was, I had already been doing independent shit for three years. I felt like very ahead of the game in a lot of ways. I was seeing a lot of my peers struggling with the new schedule and having to maintain, like be in charge of their stuff. And it, it came very naturally to me. And, um, now as an adult, I look at myself and I'm like, I feel like I'm an adult homeschooler. This is so weird. I feel like I'm doing the same thing where I'm like, just doing, doing it my way and getting, um, results that I was very excited about at one point. And I'm just doing a little bit differently. So, yeah, you know, if, if you are struggling with a big lifestyle change or change of that kind, then I totally feel you. And I, I hope that things you know, work out to where you can look back and, you know, you got something out of it. Yeah. Basically. Totally. Yeah. Well, thank you for talking about. Yeah. Experience with homeschooling. Yeah, absolutely. Shall Um, we wrap it up? Yeah. We've got segments and iTunes reviews. Um, Let me read the iTunes review real quick. This is our iTunes review of the episode. So this is from, um, Brea Foe, uh, about the Living with NPD episode. I'm not even done with this episode, and I cannot thank you enough for making this podcast. I loved this show for a while, but this episode is helping me understand narcissists on a level I never thought possible, and I have two that I'm dealing with. Thank mm. you for the fun and epiphanies. Oh, yes. Wow. That is very happy to hear that. Uh, so happy. Yeah, we've gotten a lot of feedback on that topic. It's probably going to be something we you know, continue to touch on in the future. So, so glad that it resonated. I would love to have more experts on about other personality disorders or other, just other disorders in general. I think, um, it's just really fascinating to learn about and hope it continues to offer people some guidance as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hot segments, Kels? Yeah. Um, I've got a couple little things. So, um, I, I recently had a, an exciting career shift happen and, yes. um, I'm in the process now of kind of getting like a real tour set up rather than hey! just like, yeah, rather than oh my just gosh, like, congrats. <laughs> thank you. Um, rather than just like some, dates here and there, it's going to be a more structured, like actual tour. And, um, Mm. I'm, I, we're not exactly sure when this podcast episode is coming out, but I'm going to be headlining the DC comedy loft. I know that we've got so many great, just like OG helpsters in the DC area. And so, uh, July 8th, through the 10th. It was originally supposed to be in May and then it got moved to July. So July 8th through the 10th, make sure you mark your calendars. If you're in uh, DC, come out to those shows. And then so many more are about to get added to my website. So if you go to kelseycook.com and you click the tour button, 
um, you can see that. You can also hit like the track button and that way you'll get emailed when I'm coming to your city. Um, so that was, that's been like all very exciting and um, I'm yes. looking forward to getting all that figured out. And then this is, <laughs> this is kind of just like a silly random thing. But if you guys follow me on Instagram, um, if you don't, it's at Kelsey Cook Comedy. But I had posted one of my joke clips about peeing in the shower. And I got like all this response. And then I ended up doing um, a poll in my Instagram stories being like, all right, so like who, who else pees in the shower? And it was like overwhelmingly, it was like 86% or something like that. And then people started being like, tinkle gang, hashtag tinkle gang. And oh so my God. I made tinkle gang merch. There's oh my a, God. Two different styles of a really cute shirt. There's a hat that's just like a shower head. And like, it's just like really, oh the hat's actually gosh. really cute. And then that is so stickers. funny. Um, <laughs> and so I'm, I'm currently recording. I apologize. I hope there's not an echo this episode. I'm in a hotel room right now in Kansas city. I'm at the comedy club of Kansas city right now this weekend. And the shows have been great. Thank you so much to um, any podcast listeners that are hearing this now who came out to the shows, but yeah, I've been able to bring um, some of that merch on the road with me and it's been, it's been a fun time. So that's awesome. I love it. Tinkle yeah. I'm part of the tinkle gang big time. I pee in the shower almost every time. <laughs> it's, it's better for the environment. I mean, anybody, so many, there's you, so many pros to it. Anybody who tries to judge you, you just turn that judgment right back around and shoot it at their, their face. Cause you're saving money on toilet paper. You're saving trees, you're saving water. And it's just a small luxury it's in like life to just, sterile and shit. Right. I mean, yeah. are you supposed to like pee on people when they get stung by uh, yeah. animals? Stuff. I mean, like, so, don't, don't like shit in the shower. Don't be weird right. about it. But like, you know, right. everybody pees in the shower. I, and if you haven't try it out, you'll won't, you won't go back. <laughs> that's my job. That's part of my joke where I say, oh, really? I say that, yeah, I say that there's no drug in the history of time with a higher addiction rate than peeing in the shower. Because, oh, for like, sure. You think that you're better than that. Like you think you're above doing it and then you let yourself do it one time and you're like, oh, it's like you're getting away with something too. Oh, it feels yeah. like, Ooh. Oh, yeah. And you're like, oh, well, I'm doing this every day for the rest of my life now. Like you just, it just takes that one time and gets you. Absolutely. Agreed. hundred yeah. yeah. um, percent. How about you, Del? Yeah, I have a big good shit, I guess, because we haven't really recorded in a while, but I got married. I have a husband. <laughs> I have a husband Yay! now. Um, it was so nice. It was like such a nice, like simple, relaxing, fun weekend. Everything just was easy and ran smoothly. And I was like, just barefoot in nature on my wedding day. It was Aww. really nice. And, um, that. we were just like, yeah, just me and cam and an officiant and a photographer. And it was just, um, yeah, I, I, it's so weird because this obviously wasn't our initial plan. We had planned on, you know, a bigger celebration and stuff, but it got postponed because of the pandemic. And we both said afterward, like, we just can't picture it happening any other way now that we've done it like this. And yeah. um, we're going to have like a big celebration next year with friends and family. But yeah, just surrounded by like bunnies and lizards and birds and shit. And um, very like felt very off the grid. I mean, you couldn't see any other house around you. It was just hills and, and mountains. And there was like an old record player in the in the home that we were no. staying in. It just felt like I was in a different, you know, I guess. Yeah, um, different time. Different, different time. Place. Yeah. And um, 
our family. Oh my gosh, our uh, Cam's mom um, compiled. Oh, you you know, compiled this video of like a bunch of friends and family saying congratulations, which was really sweet. Um, she got me this gorgeous silver bracelet. Oh, and beautiful. She, um, it was like um, it's basically old silver from her her mom and old silver from like um her cam's dad's mom that she like some they somehow it got made into a bracelet and um wow and sent that to me basically like yeah that's like an heirloom piece on both ends of his family which is so oh. i'm like am i fucking supporting lead in like a nicholas sparks movie or something how did i get this, this is so cool that's so and meaningful that must feel so like such a warm welcome into their family so nice and she and she wrote me this nice little letter with um she had like some like dried sprinkles of a flower like a bouquet from like her grandmother or great grandmother that I sprinkled on my bouquet very like nice sentimental stuff Aww. happened my my family surprised us with like a beautiful bouquet when we went out to dinner um there was just a lot of nice like very sentimental details that were a part of it that yeah. um we just really appreciate. We felt like we were our family and loved ones were really part of our day, even though we weren't all physically, you yeah. know, together and stuff. So yeah, I'm, when I get some photos and stuff back, I'll share them somewhere, uh, somewhere on the interwebs of some kind. <laughs> Can't wait. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. yeah it's been nice. All, all right. right. Well, well, Thanks for tuning in, you guys, and we hope you're having yeah. a great week, and uh, we will be talking to you very soon. Yeah. Love you. Bye. Love you, bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Self Helpless Podcast. You can find our Patreon community, merch, and our individual work at selfhelplesspodcast.com. We'd be thrilled if you shared this episode with a friend or feel free to post it on Instagram and tag at selfhelplesspodcast so we can repost you and say thank you. 